Got Your Back Podstream is brought to you by Kinprint. For all your company's promotional needs, they do it all. Apparel, promotional products using the highest quality brands. They do logo design, signage, and printing. Kinprint will promote your brand with excellence. Visit kinprint.ca. How are we doing, everybody? Welcome to Got Your Back Sunday Night Live Stream Edition. Jason Strudwick and Rob Brown will join me tonight. Did you catch the Yarmer Yager jersey retirement ceremony? Pretty cool stuff. Both these gentlemen had a chance to spend some time with the man, the myth, the legend. So, yes, it's story time regarding Yarmer Yager. That, we're going to set up the orders in the Coyotes, break down uh, their game against the Dallas Stars as well. As always, Got Your Back, brought to you by our fantastic title sponsor, Sherwood Buick GMC. Got to check out the massive, beautiful showroom that they have. They are the number one GMC dealership volume-wise in all of Canada, six years running, and it's easy to see why. They got trucks in stock, or they can get them in short order for you. The staff is fantastic, and the process is streamlined. If you mention the Got Your Back sent you, you'll get some specialized pricing, but you'll also get three free ultimate detail packages on a newer used vehicle. So visit Phil and the crew in Sherwood Park. www.gmcpod.com is the website coming to you. As you can see, the sign over my shoulder. The Long Shot Studio here in Sherwood Park. They're available for corporate events. There's so much more. Then just golf had a blast doing our live show from Long Shots after the game the other night. So we say good evening, gentlemen. Rob Brown's appearances brought to you by Kinprint for real tonight. Brownie, you got the new swag, buds. How do you like oh, yeah. it? I have been wearing it nonstop. People are sick of it right now because I am wearing it everywhere I go. And I'm like, <laughs> jib, baby, jib. Yeah. They're all excited. Are we saying that? Is it jib? Is that what we're going to call or? Or is, is, is it a hard G? Is it gib instead? I wasn't yeah, sure. People people in the bar last night at Gracie Jane's, they're all saying, what's out on your side? That's jib. That's good. Got your back, baby. Got yeah. your back. Awesome. Um, does it fit by the way? Struds, uh, Struds, I gave that one to Struds and he put it on his head to see if he liked that model and then took it off his head and decided he didn't like it and gave it back to me. So I'm just wondering if it, if it, if it's well, feeling a little bit loose or if it's two, two things on that. Yes. He stretched it out. I can spin it around and two, thank you for the hand-me-down. I appreciate that as well. I see where I sit in this pool of Mm-hmm. fantastic analysis distances that you have here mm-hmm. i am well below uh, i know that you have who else you're you third. have on the show am you're i third, third? he's third uh, I, I heard i was behind, I, I i heard i was behind gager <laughs> heard i was behind ferraro mm-hmm. heard i was behind drager they all got new hats not used strudwick hats but it's okay hi jason hi you guys should i bring some energy now are you guys ready are you done <laughs> that that dull commentary <laughs> Let the big guy in. Let the big guy have a shot at the plate. Um, yeah, so that, that helmet didn't fit or that, that hat didn't fit me. Uh, the problem was that I'm 6'3 or 6'4. You guys are both 5'10. Your head shouldn't be the same size as mine. Um, so it's just like my shoulders are bigger. Everything's bigger on me. And it's not a competition, but that's just the way it is, guys. Good, and can, again, good to be here. Can, can you turn the lights on so that we can see you? You're like in the dark over there. Who, me? 
I yeah, you. I, I got the lights on. I got everything just normal. Okay. Boys. <laughs> okay. Um. By the way, any good shows to throw our way? Uh, I just, I just really quick. Is there something you're watching? Because. <laughs> Uh, I, it's, it's an early night tonight. I'm going to get a show in tonight before sleep time and I need to know what to go to. So Brownie, what do you got? Go quick. Uh, I just finished Griselda and okay. I just oh. finished Echo Six. I just yeah, finished I've, those two. I've done both of those. Pretty good. Okay. Pretty anything? Yeah. It's, have you guys ever heard of a book? Why don't you guys say, you know what? It has pages. You can open up and look at it. <laughs> this is the kind of mood our boy's in tonight. Oh, I'm fired Holy up. smokes, guys. Brownie. Guys, I've had a really good weekend, so I am spitting fire. What is going on? What is happening with you tonight? <laughs> guys, I've had a good weekend. I had a good weekend of fun coaching. I've been knitting. I've been doing stretching. Like, I'm really, I'm I'm, I'm here. I'm 100% ready for this uh, tonight, so you better be ready because I'm ready to go. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. Brownie, are you ready for this? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. What, what, book, what book are we reading right now, Strads? What book are you reading right now? Uh, I, well, listen, I don't want to make you guys feel bad about yourselves and all the listeners, but I'm a history buff. So right now I'm reading a book about, it's called The World, uh, what was it? The, the, War, the, the War That uh, Broke the Peace. So it's about, to, it's just at the beginning of World War One. I. I find that period of time history interesting, but I'm sure I, I'm sure Griselda was also interesting. Let's <laughs> Griselda hear about was that. good. Do you know Oh, Griselda yeah. is? Yeah. She was, Griselda is, it, was yes. good. it was good. It was very good. interesting. I'm guessing it's all like narcos, but I'm, I'm sure it was really interesting sitting there watching play, watching it fall asleep, got a rewind. I love it, right? <laughs> uh, Dr. Nusty Dielson says Mr. and Mrs. Smith on Prime was oh, great. Just started that. It is very good. Just watch the first one. It's excellent. Some new Kirby enthusiasm out too. Yeah, I might have to dive into that one yeah. too for sure. Okay, thank you for the recommendations. Uh, let's get to talking some Oilers, shall we? Uh, let's get to our breakdown. And the breakdown is brought to you by Mr. Dirk, the iconic men's clothing store in Edmonton, founded in 1939. Just off White Avenue and 102nd Street, they have everything you need for every aspect of your wardrobe. Casual clothes like jeans and pants, shirts and sweaters and shoes, and on the formal side, an amazing selection of brand name suits, sport coats and ties. And they got an in-house tailor as well. Visit MrDirk.com. Going to head down there because... I got a note from Sterling, and the brand of suit that I love, it's called Yope. They've got some new stuff in, and that's the kind of care they take of you, Struds. When they know what you like, they give you a call. And I imagine they haven't called you yet because there's no mock neck sweater vests that have come in recently. <laughs> So are we? Are you guys want to play this game? You guys want to chirp? Because today is not the day. It's like Muhammad Ali at the top of his game. No one wanted to box with Muhammad Ali. So if you guys want to chirp, I'm all for it. I'm ready to rumble. Well, Struts, I did yeah. just chirp you, and what you came back with was, "Oh, you oh that play was, that game with me." Was that a chirp? I chirped you. Was, it's the same old material. You guys have to get new material. It's either my hair or uh, my wardrobe. I'm bringing new stuff every day, challenging about reading the book, even an audio book. I can get you one yeah. audible, get you set up. You're bringing new words to the English language every day. That's what you're bringing. <laughs> well, uh, buddy. Yeah. Let's get to, uh, let's get to the, what do you want to do? We're going to go line combinations today or you want to go game yesterday? Brownie, Whatever Struts, Struts is bringing it. What do you want, man? Struts? Well, first off, I just want to make a comment on the national anthem. I thought it was incredible yesterday in Dallas. Yes. That young guy absolutely was killing it, slaying the dragon on, I think they call it, on uh, the guitar. So I want to make it's note good. of that. It's impressive. Uh, oh, oh, well, welcome to the happy club now, Shoggy. 
Welcome to the happy club. It was good. I thought it was good. I, well, there's three of us, and two of us thought it was great. One didn't. It will let the listeners decide who. Okay. Was I was listening out of the corner of my ear. I didn't know it was yeah. a 15 year old kid. I did not know that. I was like on my phone listening, and the fact sure. that he, that was a 15 year old kid was impressive. So, well, I've heard Shogger compare himself to Eric Clapton and Eddie Van Halen when <laughs> he gets nothing. on the guitar. So I could see why. You know, it's like what Connor McDavid watching a 12 year old stick handle. It's not that impressive. So, I could never do that. It's I, I wasn't like oh I could do better. It just it was really good. It was, it was you a, it was, you exactly was like eh. It was okay. Yeah, yeah. Eh. okay. That's exactly <laughs> how you answered. Me and Stress were like, well, that guy was awesome. That was pretty yeah. cool. Eh. Away. It oh. was okay. Okay. So let's get to the game then real quick because we didn't do a post-game podcast after that one. So it's Evan Bouchard in overtime. He gets it done real fast. Um, overall, Brownie, what would you – I thought it was a heck of a good hockey game. How do you think the Oilers played in that game? I thought they played well. I thought two teams played very well in the hockey game. I thought both teams in the first and third played low event hockey. I think mm -hmm. both teams played uh, a type of brand hockey that was more exciting in the second, but both coaches would have been very disappointed. It, it opened up and uh, they were trading chances, and I don't think either coach was happy. Uh, entertaining. They both played well. The Oilers, I you, you could tell the Oilers were going to score in overtime. They had a five on three for almost two full minutes, got zero shots on net. Yeah. Evan Bouchard on that uh, probably turned down three or four chances to shoot. There was after the power play, Drysaddle went to the bench and he immediately started talking to Glenn Gullickson. And I'm like, I can't read his lips, but I guarantee we were looking for a certain play. The play was to Bouchard for a one timer, and every time we gave it to him, he didn't shoot the puck. So I'm sure they talked in overtime. When you get the puck off the face off, just take it and shoot the puck because there's there's three players, four options. The other three options are McDavid, Drysaddle, or, or, or Nugent Hopkins beside the net. They're going to give you a chance to shoot. He did. You can't let Bouchard shoot from there. He's going to score every time. You know, I think people sometimes minimize the value of a face-off win. Like, mm -hmm. I, I, I think they're really important. And I get that there's a ton of them. But uh, in overtime, they win the opening face-off. That leads to uh, Dry Saddle's breakaway. And then Wyatt Johnson taking a penalty. And then, uh, you know, moment, second right after that, they have an offensive zone face-off. Leon wins again, and the puck's in the back of the Stars net right away. So, yeah. you know... Just kind of further conversation you've had, I think it's been mostly you, Shogger, talking about kind of like a fourth-line center. I, I think that ability to win draws, it does matter. Not every draw is the same. Like, I'm not going to say a neutral zone face-off is as important as, a, as, as, as two face-offs like that. But you need to know you can win draws on both sides when needed. Uh, so I think that was really something that is, to me, was, was very important uh, in, in both, both plays, guys. And by the way, one, Derek Ryan, seven and three in the faceoff circle in that game. Go ahead, Brownie. One thing that I, I don't understand when teams play against the others in playoffs, especially a team that has last change, if I'm DeBars, how do you not start two defensemen? You've got Connor and Leon out there. You start a centerman and two defense. And if you win the faceoff, if you win the faceoff, take the puck back. One of your defensemen can drop, jump off. But if you lose the faceoff, now you got two D men. And on the play that created the power play, McDavid was one on one against Heiskinen. That's that's yeah. who he's got to go with. Now all of a sudden you got Rupi Hint standing in the hash marks trying to stop uh, Leon or Leon Drysaddle one on one. Can't do it. Eventually they take the penalty. So if I'm playing the others, and it's only regular season, but in regular season I'm starting two defensemen every overtime until Connor and Leon leave the ice. And the Dallas Stars, if they got Heiskanen out there, he can play as a forward. It's not like you're losing a whole lot. 
So I just, to me, that was a a, def, uh, a coaching blunder by the Dallas Stars. What do you think of that, Stratty? I completely agree. You know, and and I, I, I honestly, what I would do, I'd start my three best defensive players. So Rupe Hints and then two defensemen. Mm-hmm. You know, is that Essel and Dallin Heiskinen? Because obviously yep. Heiskinen. You know, maybe not Hartley or Hartley. Harley, probably probably not him because I I want to get that puck and I want to kill time. I, I just want to kill it till those guys, um, you know, to the to, to the Oilers guys get a little bit tired or whatever. And then I put my two big guns out there and then we go flying out the other way. Okay, hang yep, on, one hundred percent. Hang on a second. Is that not sending a, not a great message to your number one and number two weapons, your most important guys, the guys that game, win games for you night in night out? The guys that you rely on and who you said before the nope. game go toe to toe with these two. No, they go can't let go these toe guys to toe. come in here and run your show. Go. You like can't you're, go you're toe leaving to toe those guys them. on the bench to start overtime. One hundred percent, you are. You're giving them out in the second unit, so then they can play offensive. Because if they don't win the opening faceoff, they're playing defense. And guess what? Ninety-nine percent of offensive players aren't good defensively. So you're set. You're sending your team a message. We're here to win this hockey game, and we're going to win what wins best. You don't put your best players out like all it. night long against Connor and Leon. Most teams play their best defensive line against Connor and Leon all game long. Why would you change it in overtime? I don't I think, find the idea of going with an extra D-man, but sitting your big guns down and being like, yeah, we're not going to. Well, Strud said no, Rupi Hints. Rupi Hints is their first line guy. Yeah, so Rupi Hints. So like, so so who would you – so yeah. in this scenario with these guys. Rupi Hints Lind, with Lundell and Heisken, the three that yeah, you said, so, 100%. Right, so sure. And then the next out after that is probably Robertson. And Duchesne. Yeah, probably the Duke. Love that. I wish my and, last name was something like that. Come the Duke, and then that Harley or is it Harley? There you Harley? go. And then those are your next three. So it's one hundred percent. We don't trust you. It's like this is what we're gonna do to win, and guys want to win. That, that's how they they get it done. I think that's a no brainer slam dunk. Mm-hmm. Like great, great plan by Brownie uh, to 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 show how to win it because it shows when the orders don't get that first draw. Leon and Connor at times stay out too long. So mm-hmm. I. They're going to sell for a minute 15. I change my guys at 45 seconds, if possible, obviously. And now I'm playing against tired guys. Bang. And that's how you get them. I, it's it's pretty simple planning, actually. Don't you risk, and I know in the case of Dallas, to your point, some of their better defensive players are often guys that can play offensively as well. Don't you think you're on the risk of the game being over with your best players not even having gotten on the well, ice for overtime? The best, the Dallas Stars' best players never got on the ice. The, the, it was Johnson. It was Johnson and Hints that were on the ice. Robertson yeah. didn't play. Duchesne didn't play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sagan didn't play. Pavelski mm-hmm. didn't play. So the best players never got on the ice. The so I didn't play. Yeah. So to me, you put two defensemen to start every overtime. I I don't mind the idea of two defensemen for sure. Uh, big picture here, guys. Three and three since the break. You know, loss win, loss win, loss win. Kind of bouncing back and forth. Now, the good news is, is they're shutting down the losses at one. They're not losing back-to-back games. They've been fantastic with that. Haven't lost back-to-back since middle of December. Um, but they're not exactly piling the wins up either. So it's been eh, some good, some bad. Struds overall, are they tracking okay quality of play-wise? We see what the wins and losses are doing here. But how do you feel about their quality of play right now? Well, I think that their play level is so high. It was, it was impossible to keep it there. So mm-hmm. you, there's only one way to come, and that was down. So what I'm hoping is that this this little kind of uh, win-loss, win-loss, win-loss type situation is kind of their their bottom. And then they're able to, to kind of start winning, like, let's say, two out of three. So they're playing Arizona tomorrow. Arizona played tonight, I think, against Colorado. So now they're playing a little bit more of a tired team. 
or so they played this afternoon. They're, they play a little bit of a tired team. They're rested, and now they're going to come out and win again tomorrow. So now they have two wins in a row, and it's it, they, they break that cycle. So I think that the expectations of them, you know, banging out four to five in a row or, or of wins, it's, it's it'd be nice, but it's a tough league, and they, there was only one way to go, Brownie, after rounding up, you know, not losing for, what was it, six or seven weeks, whatever it was. Yeah, 100%. Uh, all teams go through this. Uh, there, there's uh, outside of the Boston Bruins of last year that seem to win every game. Teams have ups and downs, and you try to limit the downs as much as you can. Uh, the thing that's different between what the Oilers are doing and, and other teams that have their swoons, most teams run into trouble when they have injury problems, and that's where all of a sudden Vegas, LA, those teams last year had great starts, ran into injury problems, and then they had a, a bit of a downfall. The Oilers are still healthy. So they, they did not play as well over the last, well, the five games previous. It can't be blamed on we're, we're missing Connor, we're missing Leon, we're missing Ekholm. They just didn't play as well. Uh, they've got a tough month. They should beat Arizona. Uh, and then they start playing some tough home games. They're, they're, the Oilers are capable of winning every game they play. But when they play like they did in a couple of these past ones where they start trading chances and giving up, I mean, back-to-back games against Skinner, was it four goals and six goals or something along that line? That's not how that they got away from their strength during the winning streak. And that was playing low event games and just letting your talent eventually overpower the team as the game moves on. Get to the Weiss Johnson sound box here. There's still lots of winter ahead. Get that garage heated up and enjoy the luxury of a nice warm vehicle. Weiss Johnson, fantastic local company. They're leaders in this space. Give them a chance. Give you a quote and uh, drop a, uh, Drop a heater in the old garage. I got one in last year, and it's fantastic. Visit Weiss-Johnson.com. Here's a head coach talking about keeping it to one loss, not letting it get extended. You know, when they do have a bad game, they take it personally, and they take a lot of pride that they want to respond and play well. And um, we've uh, been able to do that. So, obviously, we want to continue doing that, and hopefully we can try and put together a little bit of a winning streak that we haven't seen for for a while gets real tough coming up here the boston bruins rolling into town that's going to be awesome um we'll see how they manage tomorrow against the coyotes uh Struddy, calvin pickard it's really putting together quite the little quite the little run here Stu skinner's the guy and that's the way it's going to be that's the way it has to be but man that was a big start they gave him and did a lot with it yeah, there's no doubt. I, I called for him to play Monday versus uh, yeah. the Coyotes, and instead he got to start Saturday, which, you know, give credit to Knobloch. He 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 has a feeling about what's going on with his goalies. Um, but I honestly think that every start he delivers, it's a, a, a quality start, giving him a chance to win. I think it just changes the plans behind the scenes for netminders. You know, you... you can We can... Yeah, James Reimer, and I, I get there's, there's players out there you might like to acquire, but can you... Are you sure... Are you sure that these guys are going to be better than what Calvin's done this year? And is it worth the assets going out and any potential cap space? So I, I think he's quieting it. I really, I really think he has done that, Brownie. I agree 100%. He's, what, six straight he's won? And again, he won on the road in Dallas against the Dallas Stars who are playing as good as any team in the National Hockey League. Not only are they a great team, it's not like he beat a, a team like the New Jersey Devils of the 80s that wins every game 2-1. That's the highest scoring team in the National Hockey League right, that, right. that he kept to three. So I, I, I agree with you 100% that the Oilers now have other assets or, or their assets or draft picks or whatever they're moving 
to pick up different things. They don't need a backup goaltender. They got Pickard as their backup. They got Campbell playing well in the minors as a safety valve. And then they got Rodrigue, who's having a fantastic season. I think they're going to be comfortable with those four goaltenders after the trade deadline. So I don't believe they'll make a deal at the deadline. I think Pickard certainly has quieted all of those uh, loud noises that we heard from both the media and from the fans. Yeah, man, what a what a turnaround it has been too. I mean, goaltending early this season, we were just we we're trying to figure out like how many first round picks is it going to be to move Campbell, and who do you go get, and what's the trade and the assets on top of it? Like, man, was it messy? And for Calvin Pickard to come in and do what he's done, I mean, he hasn't spent much time in the league over the last couple of years. It's an amazing feel good story. They love him in the locker room. He continues to play extremely well. And, and in some ways is even starting to push Stuart Skinner a little bit, which, Brownie, that's good. You want, I mean, I, I think that it's good to have Stuart Skinner firmly established as your guy, but when you're getting pushed like that from another guy, that, that's only, you know, positivity. I think it's just good for everybody to see when either guy gets in there, they're pushing one another. Well, it's internal competition. That's uh, too many years the Oilers have never had any internal competition. Guys were in the lineup simply because there was no other choice, especially when you looked at depth players. Uh, the Oilers, they sat out a, a healthy Sam Gagne who was playing well. Pickard's won six straight and has to, to find, they have to find times that they can get him into the, to the, the net because Skinner had been playing so well. But I do believe he now has some trust from the coaching staff and playing in Dallas shows that mm -hmm. that is a big game that is a, a huge game it's a test to see where the Oilers are against a good Dallas team I, I agree with Struts that was an automatic you're going with Skinner and Pickard's going to get the softer game against the Arizona Coyotes and Knobloch switched it partly because Skinner had I don't know if he struggled but he had a, there was a couple games where he wasn't as good and Pickard had won five straight so why not give the backup goalie a chance and the backup goalie made him look like a genius let, let me suggest something Pickard starts in Arizona. Yay or nay? Nay. You know, Pick, uh, Skinner, Skinner here, these next two. See, that's the thing about that, though. If, I mean, is Skinner getting tired? I mean, I don't know. But if he, if there is a little fatigue, what was it? Four goals, then six goals, the two games before that? If he gets two games off, then he's very well rested for the Boston Bruins because that's the game he's getting. So. You're not playing Pickard three out of five. And with the back-to-backs coming up, if you give him the Arizona game, that'll be Dallas, Arizona, and then two of the next three go to Skinner. So, yeah, it feels to me like you go Skinner, Skinner here and then split the weekend. No? But, but let me ask you this. Why Why not? What, what has Skinner, uh, Pickard done to not earn that right to do it or a chance? And this is why. I'm always thinking long-term. There, there's it's, there's a ton of games coming up. This might be an opportunity to give a little bit of a softy, uh, a little sorry, a little bit of a break for for Skinner. I know they had the break a little while ago, but you got to think long term. Think about they have ten games in eighteen days in April. Mm -hmm. We haven't even got through February. March is a is a pig as well. There's a ton of games coming, and then hopefully at least sixteen wins between May and June, guys. There's a lot of hockey to come. Would it be that bad long term to dress Pickard tomorrow? Well, in saying, in saying that, Struds, so we're trying to argue for playing the goalie that's won six straight games. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what, what I mean. Done? That's what I mean. What like, has he done to not earn this chance? I, yeah, so that's, I, I agree 100%. It's like, well, okay, wait a second. How are we going to find a way to get the guy that's won six straight games in? Well, actually, it yeah. makes sense. 
So yeah, I, I, I don't know if they're going to do it, but no, Skinner's playing. Yeah, Knobloch said today that Skinner's going to play. So and and but it's still it's it's still a relevant discussion those struts, and it's an interesting point. But I think that I think that Brownie, yes, he's won a lot of games and he's playing well. And I would understand if they wanted to lean a little bit more towards him. But part of the thought process here is also not getting in your starter's way. And if Skinner truly is your number one guy, and he is, you're getting in his way if you start Pickard in that game tomorrow. You need to give your guy the chance to get in and grab those wins and grab those wins. No? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I'd have no you're problem right. if they went with Pickard. Honestly, I'd have no problem with And then they give Skinner the next two games, Boston and then Wednesday, Friday. I don't even know who the two games are on the weekend. And then you give yeah. Pickard the game on the Saturday. So I'd have no problem with it. But, I mean, yeah. Skinner I mean, Skinner did give up 10 goals in his previous two games, did he not? Yeah. Let, let's remember this. As we get into March and, 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 and specifically April, when Skinner needs a break, We'll remember this conversation tonight that tomorrow that the Arizona game could have been one to, to lay off him, right? And that's you gotta keep you gotta have an eye on that. I, I and I what I say we it's it's the team. Well, so, and, and that is that that's actually what's that three extra days of rest. Or two I guess two extra days of rest. So I mean yeah. yeah. I have no problem with it, but obviously it's all for naught since yeah, you've already ruined the surprise for us in the suspense by telling us what's your number happen. one guy isn't going the way he wants to go right now. Get him back in, get him back in, let him get himself sorted out. You got to not get in that guy's way. Respectfully, we'll agree to disagree on that one a little bit, but it's a it's a fine balance, right, between rewarding the guys that are getting the job done, but also thinking long term. You know, worrying about Skinner's frame of mind, making sure he's squared away and ready, and then you got the fatigue thing, which Struds has been um, has been on all year long. Uh, quickly to the line combinations from practice today. McDavid and Drysaddle stayed together along with Corey Perry, uh, sitting up there on that number one line. Corey Perry, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Kane, Nugent Hopkins, and Hyman stayed together. Janmark, McLeod, and Fogel, Gagne, Holloway, and Derek Ryan. Holloway was out, by the way, because he was sick the other day. Back in at fourth line center here, it looks like. And Connor Brown, Stratty, looks like he may be on the outside looking in. Gonna be hard to get those 15 goals shooting from the press box. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm okay with this. I mean, like, I'm okay with it. it There's just, you know, you gotta you gotta work guys back in. They want to try Holloway at center, like, it, whatever. Uh, to me, to me, he lost his spot in the lineup on the even strength goal. You're a, a fourth line defensive forward veteran. Yeah. You, that it's Harley, the guy that came down. That's his. That's his demon. I mean. I've, I've played center, I've played D, and I've played wing. The easiest position in the world to play is wing. You have one guy to be that you're responsible for. That's yeah. your defenseman. And Connor Brown, they have they show a great view of it with Duchesne with the puck on his stick. You see Connor Brown staring straight at Duchesne, just straight at him. No head on a swivel, not knowing where his defenseman is. And the defenseman he's supposed to be covering has got 13 goals on the season. He's like two or three in the National Hockey League. Mm -hmm. You've got to know where he is at all times. So to me... When he when that goal was scored, that was solely on him. And I mean, you're not doing anything offensively, and now you're starting to slip defensively. There's no reason that you get to stay in the lineup. Poignant from Obelisk Twenty One. If the only thing you brought to the team was the penalty kill, and the penalty kill has sucked lately, it's time to sit. Fair point. It's not like he's contributing to a real strength of the team right now. The penalty kill since. 
the break. 55% is where it is sitting right now. Uh, time to get to the relentless player of the game brought to you by you can youth services. They got an upcoming uh, comedy night fundraiser and it's just such a great event. Tons of fun, great storytelling, hilarious comedians. There's a few tables and individual tickets that are still available. Go to youcan.ca for information and to grab your tickets. Tell them got your back sent you and you'll score 20% off all the proceeds going directly towards helping our youth right here in our community. Who are you tapping for the relentless player, Stretty? Well, I think this is your guy, the guy that you've, uh, I think you said 21 points, and I believe now is yet five <laughs> points for the Oilers, Corey yeah. Perry, uh, goal and assist. Just He just plants himself right in front of the net and just redirects that puck, and it looks so simple. But I can tell you, first getting there, getting your stick down, then redirecting that into there and that he needs you to score, it's not easy. So for that, Corey Perry, uh, welcome to the Relentless Player Club, my man. <laughs> right on. And that, of course, brought to you by You Can Youth Services. All right, when we come back in our takeaway segment, uh, the fellows are going to give us their Yammer Yager memories and stories. Pretty cool day for uh, Yager today, having the number going up to the rafters. That's Struddy's World. Lots more. Ask us anything as well. We'll take a lap. Tons more show left. Stay with us. Say goodbye to unruly hair and hello to a smooth and silky back in minutes with Backscape. Shave your back solo with no mess with Backscape's water-resistant long handle and patented six-blade design, leaving you with a no-mess shaving experience all in less than five minutes. Shop now for 40% off select kits just for you, our Got Your Back listeners. Use promo code GYBPOD on checkouts and make 2024 your year to elevate your grooming routine. Winter is upon us, so why not make the best of it? Marmot Basin Ski Resort is where it's at. Ski half price every day, no blackout periods. Pick up your escape card for 99 bucks and make winter fun more affordable. Half the price, all the powder. Get yours at www.skimarmot.com. Time now for takeaways brought to you by Redefined Health, where they specialize in total body and mind wellness from chiropractic, massage care treatments to acupuncture, soft tissue therapy, nutrition. You've even got an on-site registered psychologist for you. Redefined Health is there to help you get well and stay healthy for a lifetime. Visit redefinedhealth.com. Been a party over the last few days in Pittsburgh. It's like this extravaganza. Yarmou Yager rolls into town. The party starts. They're doing like big celebrations in the city. He went and practiced with the Penguins the other day. They're having nights out and hot stoves. And uh, the Jersey retirement happens tonight. I thought it was really cool. You guys don't know if you saw this or not. Yager went out and actually took warm up with the Penguins. How about Sidney Crosby? Look at the moule. <laughs> oh, man. Epic. Epic hairstyle from uh, Yarmer Yager over all those years, guys. Uh, he's like, he's a one-off, man. He's a one-of-a-kind. Everything I hear about him. Don't have the pleasure of knowing the man the way you guys do. What are your thoughts on this whole dealio, Brownie? Uh, it's cool. Actually, I, I'd been invited to go. I was supposed to be there this weekend, but my wife was in New Zealand, so I didn't get a chance to go. 
Uh, I played with the Eggs his rookie season. I played with them for three more years later in my career. I got two quick ones about him. First one, uh, I was the the guy on the power play that took Yags off. So like they'd be when when right now if Chris Knobloch comes up and says uh, Kane or you've got McDavid when he comes off, I was like right. Brown, you got Jaeger when he comes off. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> all right, I'll get my skates tied quickly. But Yags, Kevin Constantine was the coach, and they didn't get along. So there'd be times a power play'd come up, and there'd be a timeout, and all of a sudden I'm like, Yags. When you were out there last shift, you should have heard Constantine. He was screaming at you from the bench. Screaming. He's like, no. Yeah, he was like all over you. He's like back checking and stuff. So Yags would take his gloves off. Then he'd put his stick up against the boards. And we'd have a power play. And Constantine, first unit out there. And Yags would just sit there, wouldn't look. He's like, Yags, get on the ice. He wouldn't move. Brownie, get on the ice. All right, I'll go, coach. Because, I mean, Yags doesn't want to go. But the first wow. time we had, the first time we got... Kevin Constantine came to Pittsburgh. He was a new coach. And when I played in Pittsburgh, uh, we never wore shoulder pads. We didn't wear helmets in practice, like regular practice, not just morning skates. My first couple of years, we wore track suits during our morning skates. It oh. was a country club. <laughs> Kevin Constantine came in. He went public. We we're going to practice like we play. Full equipment. Everyone's wearing full equipment. Told us all in these meetings. And when he's telling us, we're looking at Yaramir like, okay, this is going to be fun. First practice, very first day, full crowd. Everyone's watching practice. Whole team's on the ice, skating around, and we're all waiting for Yags to come on the ice. We're looking, we're looking. Sure enough, the crowd goes crazy. Here comes Yarmir, no helmet on. And he starts skating around. So we're like, okay, how, what's going to happen now? Kevin Constantine skates over, and he's pointing off. Go get your helmet on. So Yags gives him a look. He skates off. So now we're just skating. We're waiting for the practice to start. Five minutes, ten minutes. 15 minutes and it's like a five second walk from the rink to the dressing room <laughs> 20 minutes goes by and finally kevin has to start practice without yeggs we're doing the middle of a drill about 25 minutes in and all of a sudden the crowd goes crazy and we all look and yarmir skates on the ice he has a jofa with a shield that he wears he has it on backwards so he's got the back of it hanging over his eyes his shield <laughs> hanging off the back it was undone he skated right into the middle of the drill there from that moment on Kevin Constantine had zero power over Yaramir Jagger. And we had, I think, nine Czech players on that team. Nah. So when they were looking for answers, they were looking from Yags. They weren't looking from the coach. So that was one nothing, Yaramir. That's something. Strutty, what was your experience with the man? Well, when I went to the Rangers, uh, he he was, you know, he's there. And I, I'd heard nothing but, like, a lot of negative things. I'm not going to like him. He's selfish and this and that. And I got there, and I I, I liked him right away. I thought he was great. Um, and early in training camp, he, you know, he comes up to me and he says, you know, do, would you mind driving back with me to our practice rink so we can do some skills work? I'm like, you know who you, you got? You know who I am, right? Like, this isn't really my thing. <laughs> So he's like, yeah, no problem. So he goes, you come pick me up. So I lived on the west side of New York. He lived on the east side. Manhattan. So I drove over. I picked him up. I had like a, I had like a Ford Tempo. And he's like, oh, nice car. And we drive out to uh, the practice rink. He had the keys. We got on the ice. And uh, we had just a bucket of pucks. And he's like, okay, hey, just warm up a bit. And then he just started shooting. He moved to different, shoot different areas like that. That year, I think he scored 54 goals and he, he kind of moved to his different places. And I was just passing him pucks and he'd just shoot one-timers, one-timers, one-timers. So after like 20 minutes, I'm like, hey man, 
you want to pass me some? He's like, no, no, you're here to pass today. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I just kept passing bucks, passing bucks. And then he's like, okay, we're done. We went inside, had a shower. I probably passed like a thousand one time or passes to him. Uh, and again, I wasn't like the greatest passer. And then uh, we just jumped back, showered, jumped back in the car, drove home. I think he bought me something to eat. And then I dropped him off and I went home and my wife, I'm like, she's like, how was it? I'm like, I just passed like, you know, whatever, 500,000 pucks to my, to a future Hall of Famer. And he said, how was it? I'm like, it was good, but I don't think I got better. And, and that was it. He never asked me again. That's uh, unreal. No so, reciprocation at all. Like no sort of no. anything you're working on, Struddy, no. any kind of like, hey, let's get, get give you a few here. Just nothing. Well, I'm guessing those struts, thinking about it, that is Yags like, if I can score off a Strudwick yeah. pass, there's like, I, it's, I can score off any pass the rest of the year. So yeah. it's like, wow. No, I was, I was nervous. And then he, he asked me to pass it with the puck. Like, you know, most of the time when you pass it, it kind of rolls off in your stick and it spins the one way, whether you're left or righty. So he said, can you spin it the other way? I'm like, I'm not familiar with that technique. And so he's like, just keep passing it the same way. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that technique. It's hard. It's hard to pass it the other way, right? With the other spin. Um, I, I could you do that, Brownie? I would never would. I mean, you could, but it would be it would be awkward, and the it's passes awkward. wouldn't be as good. No, no, you always go off the same way. I mean, you, I can make it go flat, but I'd be really yeah. weird spinning it the other way. Yeah, you have to but push. It. Yeah, you have to push it instead. Yeah, because but I remember playing with him. Like he was fun yeah. to play with. Where he's like, okay, and I, I'd be on his line. He's like, if if I'm in the corner and I have two guys on me. Do not come help me. You get open. I want two guys. If two guys come to me, I pass to you. And, he, and it was true. He'd be in there. You have two guys all over him. And while they were all over him, he's trying to find, okay, there you are. And yeah. he turned and passed. He was like Leon Drysettle that way. It's crazy. That, and even on steroids, like he, not that he was on, but he was like, I think he's even better than Leon was with that. Like two mm. guys, no problem. He was winning. And that's no disrespect to Leon. Because I remember one time I went and pinched down and I was fighting with the eggs and he was yelling, get away, get away. I'm like, what? He's like, get away. And so I just skated away and it came to the bench, same thing. He's like, I'll get the puck. You just go and find an open ice. I'm like, all right, buddy, like whatever. Like, And he'd win it. He'd win it, man. It was He was crazy. It was so his, strong. His ass and his legs were, oh, were massive. Like no, he would just, no. he would just turn his back to you and you could not get to him. He no. was one of the strongest players on the puck I've ever seen. I know that McDavid and Drysdale are, but I think Yeg set the bar for being strong on a puck. And uh, I, I bet you in his career, I don't know what he had, 500, 600, whatever goals, maybe three were on slap shots. Every goal, it was six. Is that okay? Yeah, every goal was a wrist shot. He had the best wrist shot I've ever seen. So, but but the thing is, um, like, so Connor and Leon are strong on the puck at 190 and 210 pounds. Do that times 230, 240. Yes. And you're trying to, like, you could not move. I remember trying to kill penalties. You know, when we played against them, but especially when I was practicing, I mean, you get in front of the net, you couldn't move them. It was like, you know, you may as well go try pushing the wall and then trying to tie up a stick and the stick was so heavy on the ice. Like he, it's, he was an absolute freak. Like one of the most unique players I think the NHL's ever seen. I agree. One of the things I find interesting about him, like Strudz, I know when you were done, like you were done, you were done playing, right? You just, that was it and you were good. Yeah. That was in this year four of his career. <laughs> he managed to managed to string it out for another uh however many years like, like i'm looking at his away. i'm looking at his hockey db page and it's like scrolling 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 like he's still playing he's got 15 games in with cladno the team that he owns he's been playing games there kind of on and off he just won't 
walk away from the game. He just he's 52 and he just keeps on playing. I guess some guys are just kind of wired like that, Brownie, but like the guy's still playing. Well, I, I couldn't imagine. Like they, they talked about he went and practiced with the Penguins yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeggs is a, a couple of years younger than me. There is zero chance that I would want to go on the ice with an NHL hockey club right now. There, like zero chance. I, I, I a nervous, b embarrassed myself. And he was out there, and they said Malkin talked about it. he went on one knee and he watched. He just watched Yarmir go and skate around and shoot the puck. He said first one was an absolute bomb wrist shot off the post and in. Malkin said it was about a hundred miles an hour. <laughs> this is a 52, 53 year old man that was still awing, putting in awe the the Malkins and the Crosbys and the Latangs. He is a freak of nature. I do give him this. His work ethic in the gym was phenomenal. He yeah. worked hard, and he's kept himself in incredible shape. Um, but yeah, there's I, I I've said this. Strads and I we were on the ice every Monday together, and we'll play against the high school kids who are all AAA kids and going to junior, and we do not move very fast out there. Strads and I, and if I'm playing against my grade fours, I'm pretty good against the grade fours, but there's a lot of them that are faster than me now. Yarmer Yager is playing professional hockey. And again, it's not the top league in the world, but he's playing professional hockey. It, it is absolutely astonishing what he's doing. Yeah, I, I love to put that he worked really hard off the ice because Yags, <laughs> what my experience was, he'd work hard before practice on the ice and after the yep. ice practice. During practice, he, he would say to our coach, Tommy, Tommy, how long's practice? And Tom would be like 38 minutes. So Yags would look at the clock. It's like 10.30. We'd be done 11.08. 11.08 is like, practice done. And then we'd just be done. And then everyone would just go where they wanted. Like, he literally had it down. And who else? I wasn't saying that. But, you know, if I was tired, like, Yags, 10 more minutes. You know, like, well, it was amazing. Well, he also, he was a stock market guy. And if the market was down, he didn't come on the ice for practice if the market was down. What? And if seriously in, in Pittsburgh, if the market if the market was down, we'd run practice without Yarmir. If the market was up, he was in a great mood. Hey, all right, Brownie, what's going Come on? Come on. If mm-hmm. the Dow was down, if the Yager Dow was, down, was not suiting up. He was sitting in the med- in the in our medical room, trainer room, watching on the, the ticker on the, the TV. So he did not come on the ice when the ticker was wow. down. Yeah, See, this this is his personal life. So when we were there in New York, he had a girlfriend um, at the time, and so he didn't he didn't like to go out much. So my wife and I and some of the other f- couples were going to go out, and so after the game comes up to me, he's like, "Hey, I know that you're going out tonight. Um, here, here's a thousand bucks. Can you take my girlfriend with you?" I'm like, "No problem." So he gives me a thousand bucks. So we go out and uh, they <laughs> went for dinner, and then the girls wanted to go dancing. So I mean, I'm not a huge dancer. Obviously, I look good when I do, but I didn't want to. So um, I bought a couple beers, and I was sitting on the side, and these girls were cutting the rug. And every now and then, I'd have to go and kind of you know push off the guys or whatever, and I'd get them back. And then around whatever, like one or two, I'm like, "Hey, it's time to go home." She's like, "No problem." We had three of us jump in the cab. I call Yags on the way home. I'm like, "Hey, buddy, we're on our way." Um, and and she, we let her out of the place. She runs up. She's like, thanks for everything. Boom. I go home the next morning. He's like, was there enough money? I'm like, oh, there's enough money. You know, I wasn't buying the expensive beers for her. But, uh, so anyway, so we, Did you so give him the change? I, I, I kept the change. I mean, the guy was making 8 million. I think he was all right. But he, he was just like, he was so, he's like, thanks for taking her out. I'm like, no problem, man. You're welcome. He gave you a thousand dollars. How many beer would she have drank? Like how much in alcohol would she have drank? Not much, but we went for a pretty nice dinner. I, I'm not okay. gonna lie, I had, I had a nice dinner <laughs> <laughs> on Yags. That's a great one. Like, 
I got the full meal deal at McDonald's. <laughs> that was takeaways brought to you by Redefined Health. Uh, when we come back, Brownie's going to stick around for his favorite segment of the show, Studies World, coming up. The Edmonton Sport and Social Club spring season is set to go in May, and registration is just around the corner. Team up with your pals to play in slow pitch, beach volleyball, outdoor soccer, ultimate frisbee, and even cornhole leagues to keep the spring months full of excitement. Spring leagues begin in May. Registration opens on February 8th. Visit edmontonsportsclub.com for more details. Time to talk about your mortgage? It doesn't have to be a daunting conversation. With over 16 years in the industry, Maria Gallus with Maximal Mortgages knows how to make it easy. With access to dozens of different lenders, let Maria customize the perfect solution for you. Whether you're purchasing, refinancing or renewing, or a first-time buyer, Maria's simplistic approach and expert advice will have you feeling confident you're in great hands making informed decisions. Take the stress out of your mortgage journey. Contact Maria Gallus at mortgagesbymaria.ca. That's mortgagesbymaria.ca. When you make a mistake, heads should roll. It's not right. And I'm here. Someone has to put their foot down. Now that I say it out loud, it does sound a little crazy. Guy look good. <laughs> Let's get to Strutty's World, brought to you by DLR Vinyl Products. They've got locations in Calgary and Edmonton. If you're a contracting business or a contractor, let DLR help you add vinyl fence to your product line. See why they have been going so strong since 2005. Reliable, unmatched service, high-quality North American-made products. It's my brother's company, Rick and Rob. Visit DLRVinylProducts.ca. Strutty, where are we going tonight, my friend? So... During uh, the Saturday Night Headlines, Elliot Freeman spoke about a situation with Nashville where their team uh, had a bit of a break in games. They were going to head to uh, Vegas, and I believe it would have been tonight they were going to watch uh, U2 perform at the Sphere, which apparently is amazing. Uh, their team hasn't been playing the way they wanted. They, they got pounded the other night, uh, 9-2. And so the coaching staff decided that they would cancel this, this trip or this outing or whatever you want to talk about and not have the players do it. And... You know, it really caught me because that, you know, Andrew Metz, a former player, and he, you know, from all reports, he's an amazing guy. And I think he's, he's, he's a pretty good, you know, youngish coach, I guess, or an experienced coach. And I had this happen, I believe, once when I was at the Oilers. Pat Quinn we was supposed to go down to, uh, I think it was Arizona or somewhere like that, Palm Springs maybe. And he canceled our trip because uh, we weren't playing well. But to be honest, we weren't a really good team. So, you know, what do you, what do you want from? Can't get blood from a stone but anyways i think this is a really slippery slope i understand the idea of of um you know making sure the players you get their attention this is one way of doing it by canceling it but it, it does really frustrate the team and i'm not going to say they're going to shut out their coach but i think it kind of creates more negative energy than it, it creates positive spin um so you know maybe it was done for publicity or, or whatever to make it look like they're trying to change something within that organization to get it going but i i was i was disappointed to hear that this was the choice they made um for their team for a team that is at best probably a borderline playoff team it's not like they're a team that should be Stanley cup and they're out so interesting move a bold statement i'm not saying it's a wrong statement but i'll say for sure as a player i wouldn't have liked it uh to be 
that removed from what you expect would be a pretty fun fun time with your teammates. Brownie, what do you think, bud? Uh, I, I I agree with Stras, and I think it is a I think it is the wrong move. I, I think that uh, when when things go sideways, in, in my experience, and I remember Paul Coffey used to talk about it when he was with the Oilers. When things go sideways, sometimes you need something fun or something to do together as a team away from the rink, and you just have a, a bad stretch. You have a bad game, and you got this thing coming up in in Vegas. Maybe that's a better thing. Maybe that bring the team together. It just and it's also saying the organization, we still believe in you. Okay, you know what? We're not quitting on you. We're, we, it, to me, it's you're you're bringing animosity. You're you're, you're pissing off the players uh, when they won 16 in a row, or when they won seven of 10, or whatever. At some point this season, you weren't giving them all Cadillacs. Uh, so when they lose a game, don't take away something. I think it's the wrong. I think it's the wrong call. And I do believe there'll be a little animosity between the players and the coaching staff. At a time when you're trying to bring a team together, they again, I agree with Struts. They are at best a possible wild card team. Why not give them a little bowl and say, All right, guys, here's we're still going to do this. Let's have some fun, but now you owe me one. And I think the players will play guilty the next time they play, thinking, You know what? They still gave us that. We owe the coaching staff, we owe the management, we owe the organization a, a good stretch here. So I think they sent the wrong message the team did. Yeah, it's interesting because when you make these plans, I imagine trying to get, you know, a, a crew of 25 people out to a U2 concert <laughs> takes a little bit of organization and takes a little bit of money and a little bit of planning. So this is something that you would plan fairly well in advance. And normally teams with their team services person, like they'll look for windows in their schedule to do something mm -hmm. like this. So this takes time and effort and energy. And I can't imagine, guys, that at the time they say to everybody, hey, you too at the sphere. And everybody's like, whoa, yeah, right on. Everyone's excited about that's the team trip. You think in that moment, Struds, they say, if you're playing well, if things aren't going well, it's not a guarantee, guys. There's no guarantee here. Because if they didn't do that, it's BS that you rip it out from underneath them because you don't yeah. like the way things are going. I I think it's BS. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's you know again it's 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 always difficult because we're not inside that dress room so I, we don't know exactly what's going on so we got to be a little bit careful but i can you know it, it's it is uh it it is frustrating because you know you, you you're grinding out all year in 82 games you're, it's a privilege playing the nhl for sure but a little change it makes such a difference mm -hmm. and, and quite honestly these types of things didn't really happen when when i entered the league just towards the end of it we started to see the father mother sister brother trips those types of things you'd see the odd trip here maybe a trip to banff whatever to just change it up and to try to bring the team together and brownie's point about you know just those little moments where you can like hey we owe it and i remember when we had a trip to uh with daryl cates down to uh, palm springs and we had a good time. I'm not going to lie. It was a lot of fun. And I remember our captain, Nathan Moore, the next day we practiced and said, guys, we've got to win this game in LA. And we came out, we won that game. Like we dug in and we knew it was going to be tough, but we came out, we did not, because you didn't want to screw your owner who treated you so well. Mm -hmm. So I think those moments do make a big difference. So Andrew Burnett, it'll be interesting how this team now plays. They play Vegas Tuesday. Um, I forget where they play on Thursday, but they, they, they've got a... And like it's, I think they're two, one or two points out of a wild card spot. But it'll be see how the team reacts. They might be pissed off, which is sometimes a good thing. But they might also be pissed off their coach, which isn't always a good thing. Hmm, interesting strategy. That was Strutty's World, brought to you by DLR Vinyl Products. Uh, guys, um, 
got your back is going to treat you guys to a lunch at some point here in the next week or two. Oh. So I'm going to pull out the company credit card and I'm going to let you guys pick a restaurant. We're going to go and uh, you guys just have to pretend to be my friend for a couple hours and we're going to have a little bit of lunch. Assuming the podcasts go well between now and then. So consider yourselves on the clock for your free lunch, an hour of friendship. If things go well enough, you can both look forward to that, Struds. Michael Jordan never played a bad game, buddy, so we're having a lunch. <laughs> You've been sleepwalking through this podcast for two weeks. What? I'm happy you showed up juice. with energy tonight. Hey? Juice. I've been bringing nothing but juice. I'm oh, ready man. to go. It's going to be a Should have seen week. the bags under his eyes last week, Brownie. This is the long. first one that he hasn't been hung over at in three weeks. So we're, we're glad that you're sober again. There's stress. I had one, uh, one night out. Good stuff. Uh, Brad, thanks for joining us tonight, my friend. We'll get you, uh, I can't remember which, but we're going to get you here in the next couple of podcasts. So uh, have a great family day Monday, and we'll chat soon, my friend. Sounds good. Bye-bye. All right. When we come back, Struds and I going to take a lap. Stick around. Long Shots Golf is the destination for both golf enthusiasts and sports fans. Top-of-the-line TrackMan simulators provide a highly entertaining and accurate golf experience, while a full-service sports bar loaded with big screens and scratch kitchen make it a truly unique destination. They have locations in Sherwood Park and Edmonton. Experience the best indoor golf and sports bar in town. Visit longshots.ca. That's longshots with a Z .ca. If you own or operate a business, you know the value of a great employee. Just ask Shogger. Pathbind is here to help you find your next star player to help take your business to the next level. Pathbind can help with recruitment, career transition, leadership coaching. They truly have your whole team covered. Building you a championship caliber roster. Find your team's path forward at pathfind.ca. Time to take a lap now. Brought to you by Backscape. Bid farewell to unwanted back hair solo in just five minutes with the fastest growing male grooming tool on the planet. Backscape's water-resistant rechargeable long handle. You can shave independently in any direction. No cuts, scrapes, bumps, or mess. Visit Backscape.com. That's B-A-K-Scape.com. That is Backscape. Stay smooth, gentlemen. Struddy, let's take a couple laps, my friend. Where are we going? You got to recognize greatness. And Austin Matthews is absolutely on fire. 48 goals in 52 games. And I, I, I think it was last year I brought up, was it him maybe chance of going for 50 and 50? It is what he's doing is incredible. Six, uh, six, uh, hat tricks already this year. Uh, but 48 goals in 52 games. That's nearly 50 and 50. Like that is mind blowing. And he's on pace to break 60 or 70. I should say 60 seems like a shoe in. He can struggle the rest of the year and he gets to 60. Yeah. Um, 70, you know, I, I, it's just, it's absolutely incredible. And when you watch him, uh, the way he's scoring different ways, you know, he's got the one timer now. Like he is, it's just, it is really a treat to watch him play uh, with the puck without, well, mostly when he gets open. Um, but what a shooter, what a player. And it is pure greatness what he's doing with his shooting. It's incredible. Yeah, 100%. Like his, his ability. And we see Bedard's got that, you know, he'll pull it in and snap it. Matthews has been an expert at changing the angle and letting it rip for years now. He's kind of, you know, he 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 did it as well as anybody when he came in. 
And now we're seeing him pounding these goals just at this ridiculous rate. What would you say about his overall game? Like when it's time to ramp it up and play the game at both ends of the ice, ice in big games and big moments. We've watched an evolution with McDavid on this front. Um, I think Matthews has it in him. I definitely think he has it in him. What do you think about him as a playoff leader, playoff style player that you can win those big playoff series with? It's difficult because I think that he is hamstrung by the decor that he's playing with. Yeah. Um, and so we have to be careful, I think, when we evaluate a player and his lack of or his success in playoff series. They've won, he won one playoff series since he's been there. And so, you know, what do they do this year? Do they add more to try to help him? Um, because you know, it's clear the D isn't good enough. Mm -hmm. So if they don't, if they don't win a playoff series, let's say he scores 72 goals this year and they don't win a playoff series. It's a great, it's a great thing to put up on your, your, your record wall for the, the Leafs, but it's a failure. That year is a failure, uh, for him. And quite honestly, the league is, is, you know, the fans get screwed because they don't get to watch him play in the playoffs longer than the, the first round. So, um, I think that he, can improve his play away from the puck, continue to improve and work on it. And in those heavy games, uh, like Connor, I think, has learned that it's okay for him to get no points and his team went 2-1. And, and we saw that in that stretch. Um, but I do think he, there's room to improve his game, but it is unfair to judge his his team's overall success or lack thereof with their decor. Penner's Pancake says, I hope Matthews gets 75 and then gets swept by the Panthers in the first round. Uh, lots it's of a possibility, man. It's a possibility. Fans. Like, let's no, just, it let's is. be honest. It is. Like, Goaltending D, I mean. Yeah, right there. That That's the. It's so, not so a you, lock. Just compare those two with the Florida Panthers, the D and the goaltending. Now, up front, even like Barkoff, I don't think he'd be upset about playing against Matthews in a seven game mm -hmm. series. Uh, Reinhardt's having an incredible year. So that's Nylander. And then you look at the next guy up would be, um, you know, Bennett. And can he can he play hard against Marner? Like this isn't it's it's not like they're 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 offensively challenged the Panthers. They've got some pretty good players as well. Hundred percent. Where else are you going, buddy? Uh, I tuned in the stadium series. You know, I've seen New York. It's cool to see two games played same place. Yesterday was Philly and uh, New Jersey. Today was Islanders and Rangers. And you know, I, I try to keep tabs on the Rangers. And you know, it's, it, today I, I look up and there's a line that's out there. The fourth line: Barkley, Goudreau at center. Matt Rempe at, uh, on, on one wing and Adam Edstrom on the other. These two gentlemen I just named, I believe they're both 6'7 or 6'8. And I looked out and I'm like, what the hell is going on? These guys are massive, massive guys. Now, Rempe fought uh, Martin and it looked like he was fighting. It looked like me fighting like a 10-year-old. He's, yeah. he's that man. And Martin's a big man, fought for a long time. And I, I can't believe how big those two players are on the wings. I've, I don't know that we've ever seen two players on the same line at that height. I don't recall. I'm sure it's happened, Shocker, but it's not like there's that many six, eight wingers that have played in the NHL. Adam Edstrom, a sixth-round pick by the New York Rangers in the 19 draft, played for the Hartford Wolf Pack a bunch this season. Uh, 14 penalty minutes in 25 games, notable. Uh, and has scored a goal and played in four games. But yeah, listed at 6'8", 225 pounds. Matthew Rempe, a six-round pick in the 20 draft at 6'8", 240 pounds. 43 games played with Hartford, 96 uh, penalty minutes there. The Detroit Red Wings had a couple of towers there. There was Soderblom, yeah. and it was, there was well, another guy. Big, isn't he? 
Is, I don't is think it, it was Rasmussen. Team? Yeah, there was another really, really tall guy. They were, I don't know if they played on the same line, but they were on the same team there. So crazy. It, it is, it is, and that Rempy's a big guy. He got into a fight. Um, I talked about, and they showed him in the box. His hands looked like, uh, you know, skin tennis rackets. Like they are huge, huge man. Remember what a, uh, you know, what an anomaly Zidane Ochara was when he came into the Western Hockey League. It was yeah. my, uh, my second, I won't call it a year because I was just with the team for a little bit, but my second year around that league. And he had just come in and he was such an anomaly and he was just absolutely beating the snot out of people, just sheer size, you know, hard yeah. not to win a fight if you can fight it all and be that big. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was, you know, he was a big guy. Peter Roel was also yep. another big guy. Eric Cairns was another big guy. They were all kind of the same era. Um, now, Peter Roel didn't last as long as the other two uh, in the NHL, but there were some absolute beasts. But to have two, I could imagine looking across and seeing yeah. two guys. Six, what are we eight, doing here? Like, yeah, like this is crazy. I mean, but I think what's happened. I can't remember who said it. it might have been Craig Button said that it used to be that the little guys were skilled. Now we're seeing big skilled players. Oh like yeah, Paige Thompson, uh, as an example, or even Austin Matthews at six three. Although we've had you know six three players be good before in the past. That Soderblom's game was more more rooted in skill too. But you look at the game they're coming up in, right? It used to be that if you were six foot five or taller, you had no choice but to fight. Like you were a fighter, that's <laughs> what you had to do. Well, these yeah. guys don't come up in that environment anymore. It's yeah. okay if you don't. You don't have to. Yeah. So you can get by. You can work on skills. You can. You're not seeing as many big guys get rooted down that path of the plug and the scrapper, right? They're 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 able yeah. to work on those skills and develop their games. Remember Eric Lindros? It's like what is he six four? Remember how yeah. huge he? Everyone thought crazy. he was back in the day. But he 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 was one of the most intimidating players I played against. Fast, yeah. hard hitting. He you didn't know if he was going to score on you or run you over. And that's scary. And in fact, honestly, I'd rather get scored on than get run over by that guy. <laughs> right he this way, Mr. Lindros. Right yeah. this way. Here you go, sir. The net is right over there. Yeah. Fine, sir. You'll have a uh, problem with me. That was taking a lap. Brought to you by Backscape. A real quick break. Then we're going to give away a hat and get to your comments on the uh, Weiss Johnson YouTube stream. A short break. We'll be right back. For over 60 years, Belvedere Golf and Country Club has been delivering a high-quality golf experience to Edmonton and area. This beautiful private club located on Highway 21 just south of Sherwood Park occupies 160 acres and presents a challenging yet adventurous 18-hole design. A beautiful clubhouse, fully stocked pro shop, and warm, friendly staff truly make it feel like you belong to something unique and special. Visit www.belvederegcc.com. You're muted, Chugger. There we go. Time now for our Kin Print giveaway brought to you by DeBoer's Golf Shop and Fitting Center. Going to give away one of the hats that I currently have sitting on my head right now. So... Quick trivia question, Yarmor Yager related trivia question. Send your answer to gotyourback18 at gmail.com. Uh, and if you get it right, your name will go into a draw and we will draw from all the correct answers. Have to be local though, or have someone that can pick it up locally because you're going to go pick it up at DeBoer's Golf Shop and Fitting Center. And they'll give you $25 in store credit as well. So aiming to help you play better golf with golf fitting instruction, after sales support, and golf merchandise and clothing. DeBoer's, fantastic 
local golf shop. The question is, other than when he played for the Pittsburgh Penguins, what is the most goals that Yarmir Yager ever scored in the National Hockey League when he was not a Pittsburgh Penguin? So going to force you to go to HockeyDB and check it out. The most goals that Yarmir Yager scored in a season, not as a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins, during his illustrious 1,733 regular season game, NHL Hall of Fame career. Got your back, 18 at gmail.com is uh, the email address, so send us your answer, and you can go pick up a hat. We'll get in touch with you, along with a $25 uh, worth of store credit over at DeBoer's. Okay, time now. For Ask Us Anything, we've had lots of activity happening on the stream tonight. Lots of trade chatter, too, there, Steve. We haven't really talked much in the way of trades, and we're way too close to the trade deadline, so you can feel free to mix some of that uh, those questions in here. Brought to you by Match Eatery and Public House. If you need a spot to hang out before the big game or concerts, they're as close to the action as you can get located within the Grand Villa Casino. A lively sports bar makes the perfect place to gather Enjoy perfected pub bites, a selection of ice-cold beer, and classic cocktails. Visit matchpub.com. Steve? All right, let's get right into some trade stuff. Penner's Pancake says, hey, guys, who are the realistic second-line right-wingers that could be available? Rentals or possibly with term? Okay. Realistic. Well, I mean... Eberle's name has been out there a fair amount. Tarasenko's name has been out there a fair amount. Uh, we um, have talked about Anthony Duclair uh, a fair amount so far on this podcast. Like natural right wingers. That's the thing, Struddy. If you want to limit it to natural right wingers, it's it gets a little bit harder, a little tighter. Well, we'll see one tomorrow possibly. Jason Zucker. Yeah. Any interest in that? I mean, that's he's getting a little bit older, but he's got some wheels or he had decent, decent wheels. Mm -hmm. I don't know that he'd do we frame him as a natural second, a true second line wing, right winger. You know, that's debatable. Yeah. He but, scored eight uh, goals this year in his 44 games. He's got 22 points, probably a tweener at this point, right? He's, he's yeah. on this team. He probably fights and scraps for it for sure. Yeah, so I'm not sure that's a, a massive upgrade when you when you no. look at it. I, I don't want to call him a lock second line center, but the, and and I think the challenge with him it would be the cap hit. I believe is in and around five million dollars, which is a bit a bit tricky. Twenty seven genotes he had last year as well. A lot of people asking about Frankie Vitrano as well out of Anaheim. He's got twenty four on the season so far this year. I like the player. I like I like you know I think he he can play some playoff hockey for you. I think too. So. Uh, yeah, there's some definitely some options out there. Again, as we uh, had Hart Levine explain to us, expect the orders to try and push it a little closer to the deadline, though, because the longer they continue with this lineup, the more cap space they accrue, and uh, you know, the more that they can they can fit in. So we will see. What else, Steve? Okay, some uh, early chat about uh, getting kicked out of faceoff circles. Um, mm -hmm. Quaddy says, "I can't for the life of me." Even see what Drysaddle is doing wrong. It just feels like an automatic. You're out. Thoughts on all that? Yeah, this is clearly this is something from the league. Clearly, there's a mandate that's been sent down to straighten this out. Uh, I've talked to Drysaddle about this. Uh, he was kind of grumpy about it. Don't blame him. He's getting chucked out of draws left, right, and center here. So, it's about having your feet in the right position being the first to put your stick down if you are the one that has to. And they're just cracking down. 
but it is annoying struds it's annoying it is but i mean we're this isn't just coming from the refs this is obviously something that the, the teams that you know that they get together general managers and then it's goes goes through the, the the top of the officiating and filters down to the refs and then the players i'm guessing there probably would have been a memo you know oftentimes you get memos as players say you know we're cracking down on diving we're cracking down on this or whatever and so they know it's coming um and leon's being stubborn which i understand because eventually it, it will soften uh, as you work your way, I believe, towards the playoffs. The other thing, too, is it not still a penalty if you get back-to-back -back guys tossed out of a face-off? Yeah, too. Well, don't they just give you the one warning? I do think... They, do they toss guys out? Do they I, just give you the warning? I'm maybe not sure. Give, maybe they do toss I out. feel like it's a penalty if you get back-to-back -back guys that are called face-off violations. What? No, no. In the same the same sequence, right? Yeah, in the same sequence. Yeah. So Dry Saddle yeah. gets thrown out. McDavid steps in. Yeah. McDavid gets thrown out. I, I think. Am I, am I nuts? It I feel is. like no, that. I feel it like is. that's a rule. Sure. It is. So yeah. I guess the other part of that is when you're going in there as the second guy, the one thing you're not going to do is over cheat, Struds. You, you're going to have to play it a little more careful. You got to. You got to. But I go back to the 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 two last faceoffs of the last game. Leon, you know, didn't get kicked out. Wins a faceoff. Then he, if it's center ice, then he wins a face off for the, the power play and score. Mm -hmm. So, listen, it's it is it is annoying because I think it breaks the flow of the game. But Leon, I think when he knows that he can't cheat or he doesn't shouldn't cheat, he he knows what it looks like. Like this guy is a very smart hockey player. ADN asks, Struddy, can you walk us through a conversation that happens between players before they drop the gloves, and if you have any good pre-fight stories? I personally, I wasn't a big talker. I, I just, you know, like sometimes someone asked me to go, sometimes it was just a look and you just knew or the way you body, you position your body. Um, but I, you know, the, the one, uh, what's that big guy, Tiesto, or uh, he was a big guy for Cestito. Uh, Cestito. So I was, I was playing defense this game. We go to Columbus and this guy gets called up. And uh, Pat Quinn's our coach. I'm just playing defense, minding my own business. And all of a sudden, this guy goes out for Nutra's own face-off. And I get the call. Pat goes, Struddy, right wing. I'm like, what? And I look out there. I'm like, oh, my God. So in that moment, everyone knows what's happening. I'm not going out there to ask that guy if he's enjoying the NHL. I wheel out there, and everyone in the whole building knows I have to fight this monster who's like 6'5", or whatever he was, 6'6". Six, six. And so that was, that was one that I, I mean, I didn't, I knew it. I knew what was, you know, what happened sometimes and I just would do it. And it ended up being a pretty good fight, but like, that's one where you're not like, it, just imagine you're just sitting on the curb at the bus stop, smoking a dart. And then someone walks by and says, go fight that guy right now. You're like, yeah. what? And you jump out and, and you know, they just, I just did it. And, uh, but there was nothing said it, it didn't have to say anything. I, everyone knew why I was skating out there. Tom Sestito, third round pick by the Columbus Blue Jackets, six foot five, 228 pounds. And judging by his hockey DB picture, similar size head to you, Struddy. Steve? Okay. <laughs> when uh, Struddy was uh, suggesting maybe a good idea for Pickard to play tomorrow, some comments. Uh, Leaky37 said, Man, what a boost to Pickard. It would make him feel like more part of the team, like part of the solution. McFoseidel said, They're back up against ours. Could be kind of fun. What about uh, thoughts on? Yeah, they're uh, starting a young, uh, a young guy, right? A twenty-four-year-old. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? I wrote it down. Uh, Villalta. Yeah. What I'm wondering is, is does Pickard 
like, do you feel as a backup goalie, do you think that you kind of feel like you're just on the outside looking in? Do you feel part of the team? Do you really feel part of the solution? And could something like this really make him feel part of the solution? Yeah, that, that, that's, that, that wouldn't be the intention at all. Listen, the backup goalie knows his job. He's yeah. there to carry the clubs. He's there to, to take high shots and warm up. He's there to stay on the ice till the guys are done shooting pucks after practice. And then he goes and works with the goalie coach either before or after. That's the gig. That's the job. It's like a backup catcher in, in Major League Baseball. Um, I am. Tr this is truly coming from a place where I think that I would have started him tomorrow to give Skinner some time to rest just to buy that for later on in the series. You're, you're, just, you're banking that rest for later on in, in the year. People didn't like when I said, or some didn't like when I suggested that they're messing with their starter and Skinner and didn't really understand it. I think it's a balanced study between rewarding guys that play well, which I completely understand and agree with, but there's a, there's a flow that you want your starter to be in. And what you don't want to have your starter doing is sitting for too long on play that he's not very happy with, right? You give him the opportunity to get back in and get on the better side of it. You don't leave them hanging out there. And I think, you know, the fact that Picker just played, um, I just think you 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 put your starter in position to keep his game at an optimum level. And I think that it's fair for a starter to somewhat, ex you know, want that and expect that. And I think starting him tomorrow is putting him in position against an inferior team to get in there, feel it, get going. You know he's got the Boston Bruins rolling in. On Wednesday, I'm not throwing him into that game against Boston without giving him that start first on uh, on Monday. It's about managing your starter's game. So I'd challenge that a bit because I think what you could mm -hmm. do is you could have a couple practices where he could clean up some issues in his game. Like everyone needs that. Everyone needs that at some point, just some time to just take a deep breath. And, and not that I think he's played badly. I wouldn't put those losses on him. But just to go and say, hey, let's just tighten up a couple of things, have some really nice little practices where I can, you know, physically really, no one can commit to it because now I have time to kind of to, to, to do it. Mm -hmm. And that'll pay dividends because mm -hmm. clean up those little details at that towards the middle end of February. That that means you don't have to maybe do it in April or 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 you know or or May or June. Leaky 37 says Skinner's flow was just 10 goals against. <laughs> Fair enough. Sometimes you got to go with the results too, right? Put the guy in that's getting your results. But they're still in a zone here where they know Skinner's got to be their guy. Steve, let's do one more, buddy. Okay, so Roshan Nelson said, Ryan, have you asked 29 and 97 why they are not shooting as much? I feel like it's a part of a strategy or something because it's so odd for both of them to be significantly down in their shots. Yeah, I mean, Connor like McDavid last season decided he wanted to take a run at the goal scoring title and he just went all world uh, in terms of shooting the puck and his intention to shoot the puck and his best options. You know, he very rarely passed up the opportunity this season. He's not playing in the same headspace. He's just in a different headspace with his game. And we've seen him click in and out of different headspaces throughout his career. Um, yeah. For whatever reason, I don't know that I've asked him that specifically just yet, um, so no, I don't know that we have yet, but I definitely agree, Struddy. There are a lot of real good scoring chances that he's, uh, and, and he makes brilliant plays, right? He makes spectacular plays. So it's not even criticizing. It's just, he's definitely turning down more of his grade A shooting chances. Yeah, I, I hear you. And I wonder how much the, the being on the right side of the puck more often than not, what that is doing to limit their chances for. Yeah, uh, and I think that that would have almost more to do with it 
than maybe at times where we think they should shoot instead of passing. Hmm. Um, so I think that is something to to think about as well. It'd be interesting for, for the math, you know, the math people to go back and take a look like whether it was, you know, Sidney Crosby or, um, you know, he's probably a bad example, but like uh, Iserman, when those guys decide they're going to play a little bit more, you know, just on the defensive side, did their shot totals drop as well? Yeah. All right. That was Ask Us Anything brought to you by Match Eatery and Public House. As we wrap the podcast tonight, we will point to our gem of the day. Based on the reaction it got on the Weiss Johnson YouTube stream, Stretty, I have to say your story about Yarmer Yager handing you a fistful of cash to squire his girlfriend about town with your wife and a few friends. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's a pretty solid story, buddy. You got anything else? Yeah, no, I'm available. Uh, if people want me to take their uh, girlfriend out, I'll bring my wife and some of her friends. And apparently it's just $1,000 a night. That's all it is. $1,000, that's all it costs. <laughs> Quick grand. Inflation. We're probably hey? up to about $1,200 now. $1,200 now. <laughs> 1000 bucks an hour. Uh, all right, good stuff. Um, thanks, buddy. Uh, the orders play tomorrow in the afternoon. It's a 2 o'clock game. Now, we are going to do a podcast, but I don't think we're going to drop it post-game right after the game. Because that'll be right kind of in the dinner hour. It doesn't make sense. I think we're going to let it breathe. And we'll try and drop in probably around 9 o'clock or so tomorrow night. So another Got Your Back yes. coming up tomorrow night. Then post-game against the Bruins. Back-to-backs on the weekend. Tons of podcasts to squeeze in here before the end of the month. Have yourselves a fantastic Family Day Monday. Enjoy your loved ones. Look forward to chatting with you again tomorrow night. Thanks, Stretty. Appreciate it, buddy. You Thank delivered. You. You said you were going to bring it, and you did. I'll give it to you. You did bring it tonight. You were good. Michael Jordan doesn't have many bad nights, buddy. <laughs> good night, everybody. See you, Steve. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Talk soon.